been joined by my co-host, Jay Shabbat, to discuss rough guidance updates from Frontier and Spirit and the latest Pratt & Whitney GTF engine issues that will ground up to 650 planes next year. Enjoy. Hey, Jay. How are you doing this week? I'm good, Ned. I'm uh, digesting all the new information we're getting from U.S. Airlines this week. That's right. And you know what? I, I will take away I'm getting and, and listeners, if you haven't been following, we've gotten uh, quarterly updates, uh, guidance updates from American Spirit, Frontier, Delta this week. And this follows ones from Alaska, Southwest United last week. And the big story that I'm really seeing is costs are up. There's that is clear. Fuel is up. Costs from labor contracts are up. But what what we will start out talking about is Spirit and Frontier and potentially only Spirit and Frontier are seeing big drops in demand. I mean, Spirit had now expects a negative 15% operating margin in the third quarter. Negative 15 in the third quarter is typically a really strong quarter. So something's going on, but it's uh the demand demand cuts seem isolated. I mean, Jay, what's your take? The Spirit update was an absolute shocker. I think the whole industry was taken aback by that. And as Ned, you just mentioned, a negative 15%. Just back when they uh, when they reported Q2 earnings back in early August, they expected Q3 to come in at negative, about negative 6%, negative 6, negative 7. So they were expecting, I mean, that was back then, I think people were looking at Spirit and kind of asking themselves, so, you know, what's what's wrong here? There's There's something's not right. Well, now... Now you're talking about losses that are you know potentially double that negative in terms of margin, so something clearly, clearly uh, not going well in, in spirit land, and you have to think about what's going through JetBlue's head right now. Are we have we bought a toxic asset here? Is this uh, is this going to uh, well maybe now maybe they start stop uh, pushing for the DOJ to approve it, but no, they're they're not going to give that up. And and Robin Hayes was clear about that at the U.S. Chamber Summit this week, but. Back to spirit. <laughs> yes, back to spirit. We'll uh, we'll leave JetBlue to uh, ponder this on their own. But but yeah, and and as you uh, you know, kind of rightly pointed out, a spirit's got uh, certainly a fuel cost problem. They've got a non fuel cost problem, uh, and some of that is just rough operations. Um, they have a clear revenue problem here. I'll give you their quote. During the last few weeks, the company that's spirit has seen heightened promotional activity with steep discounting for travel booked for the second half of the third quarter. And that's through the pre-Thanksgiving travel period. What I suspect, and Frontier themselves issued a very bearish update. They originally said, hey, we're going to make money, pre-tax margin of about 5 6%. Well, they said 4 to 7% for third quarter. Yep. Now they're uh, saying, oh, hang on, put a negative sign in front of that. Now it's negative four to seven, negative seven. <laughs> so they completely reversed. So something's really got, I mean, this is a dramatic reversal in, in uh, you know, of a forecast. You, you rarely see them uh, change so dramatically. Uh, they also had, uh, you know, similar, similar things to say. Now, one thing that Spirit and Frontier have in common is they both have lots of capacity in Florida. Um, I know I just booked a ticket to Florida in peak season, that was very cheap. So that's, uh, yes, it's anecdotal, but it does indicate that something is going on in Florida. I think the fares are really tanking there. Um, and you have to imagine that's true for other leisure markets, whether it right. be, you know, the Cancuns well, yeah. or Phoenixes of the world. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that comes out of these guidance reports is what, I mean, so Frontier and Spirit are most exposed to the price-sensitive leisure traveler, um, much more so than United American and Delta, even Southwest Alaska. And I mean, so that's that's my first take is that's why these airlines are seeing such a reversal in demand, uh, whereas United American Delta are seeing costs go up, but they're not really seeing the demand fall off. And Delta just issued, we're recording here Thursday, September 14th, new guidance from Delta reaffirming their revenue guide, you know, midpoint of their, their total unit revenue guidance is, is held, only costs are up. So I think the leisure market, that's where there's weakness. But then, like you said, is it is it Florida? Is Florida a mess? Uh, but, you know, Americans got a large hub in Florida and they're not really hurting on the revenue side that much um it it just makes like yeah it makes you wonder what is so unique to these airlines is it geographic is it market segment that's really driving this reversal in demand yeah and american just specifically about their florida exposure is a little bit different in that you know their miami hub has a lot of business and even transatlantic a lot of you know south american flying they're not quite as exposed to uh you know all those sun-seeking northeasterners going uh now now to be to be clear, third quarter is the very off-peak season for Florida. Uh, so that's, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. We'll see what happens yes. this winter. But uh it's, you know, it's we we knew that <laughs> that's nothing new that uh, you know, that's, that's no surprise. So there's something that's changed between just early August and here we are in mid-September. Uh and you're right. I mean, the Delta. The Delta margin, you know, other than the, the cost concerns, the Delta revenue guidance look really good. Um, American, I think, lowered their RASM guidance a bit. Uh, United, um, they- United maintained. They maintained their their RASM guidance. It was only costs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in there, they had a, there was a Morgan Stanley event this week and a United executive said, uh, hey, look, um, yeah, demand may have been weakened, weakening, demand's weakening a little bit, but international looks great and overall things, you know, pretty good. And uh, United has- you know, this thesis that they've been pushing that the ultra low cost carriers, uh, that whole business model is broken because for one, it depends heavily on growth and it's becoming just harder to grow because of all these supply side constraints we're talking about. One thing Spirit has to deal with, for example, is, uh, you know, the end frontier, but I think Spirit much more so uh, they're having a lot of problems with these Pratt and Whitney engines on the, on the 320s. I believe Mm -hmm. the frontier has, has the Pratt's also Frontier has Pratt's as well. I checked American does not. So that's one thing we're not, you know, American doesn't have that exposure. You know, one, sorry, one thing that I I wanted to say was um, Spirit's still growing 16% year over year in the third quarter. I mean, how long do they, like, when does the capacity discipline come given, you know, the demand outlook is is dampening so much? I mean, 16%? Yeah, and that's despite, that's despite all these uh, Pratt and Whitney engine issues and, you know, shortage of captains and all that. I mean, it would be, they wanted to grow even more. Uh, And um, so they're not utilizing their aircraft as much as they like, and they're not, uh, yeah, moving into, so that's uh, a, yeah, I mean, they're, they're adding a lot of capacity, but (laughs) they, uh, not as much as they want and um, that it's hurting, hurting them on the, on the unit cost side. Uh, and yeah, just, you know, going around the industry, it's uh, yeah. Alaska's guidance seemed pretty good. Again, costs, cost concerns for sure. Um, Southwest had, you know, a modest, it's some commentary about demand, you know, some close in demand, maybe 
a little bit weaker than expected, but nothing alarming. Uh, so it perhaps, you know, this is just a spirit slash frontier specific development here. Uh, and that's something we'll, you know, perhaps learn more about when Q3 earnings season reporting starts in just a right. couple of weeks here. Right. And it's funny, I, you mentioned, you know, they, the spirit needs to grow. I mean, both spirit and frontier need to grow to to sort of, you know, spread out the costs, especially rising costs across their business. But at some point, I mean, if fares are dropping, if they're seeing this, these losses, they have to cut back on capacity growth. And maybe that just means they need to cut back in costs. I, I, I'm going to throw it out there. Layoffs, like I know we're coming out of the pandemic and there's a lot, there's a political pressures on for airlines to stay staff, but you know, it's, if <laughs> they just have to do something about this revenue situation, especially as it seems isolated, but we, we shall yes. see. Spirit's going to have to do something. I mean, this is uh, maybe frontier as well, but that's uh, yeah, that is um, just, just the, the magnitude of the uh, the losses they now expect, and just the magnitude of the of the change of where the what they were thinking just a month ago, is a month and a half ago, whatever it was, is is pretty remarkable. So yes. yeah, you would you would think something's going to happen. There is you know just for the record, slight decrease in capacity guidance. Um, you know, thirteen point seven was their original thirteen point seven percent was their original year over year Q three guidance. Now it's thirteen point four. Some of that may be. Uh, you know, the hurricane, a couple of hurricanes, there was, was it the one in California and then Florida? So uh, that erased some ASMs, ASM capacity. So that may be responsible for that. But yeah, we may, uh, we may see something uh, more, more drastic from them in terms of uh, capacity, as, as you suggest, Ned. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, any other highlights coming out of the the Morgan Stanley conference that that you've you've heard, Jay? Besides these uh, guidance changes and and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're we're still digesting it. All the um, United, as I as I mentioned, I just want to reiterate that they uh, you know they said international demand is 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 really still really strong. Transatlantic, Pacific, I think they said even Latin. Um, so you know, all good there. And uh, I think we'll be hearing, am I correct? I think it's, we're, we're speaking, by the way, on Thursday, uh, the 14th. I believe Delta might be speaking at that conference today. So we're still, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're still kind of um, in the process of, uh, of taking in all this information as it's flowing in. And uh, so, yeah, be sure to, you know, check our newsletter out on Monday. We'll have uh, more comprehensive coverage. But, uh, but yeah, I think everybody's just uh, in shock at the spirit numbers and, uh, frontier as well. Um, but perhaps, uh, you know, depending on who you are, you are, uh, mildly comforted by, uh, by what United and others have said. Yeah, definitely. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. So, Jay, speaking of challenges facing the airline industry, we also got some uh, pretty big news out of uh, RTX, the owner of Pratt & Whitney, about the geared turbofan or DTF engine issues. Now, we know in July they said that you're going to have to do inspections of, I believe, about 1,200 engines in the next 9 to 12 months because of some quality issues and some parts. Well, the update now is they are going to the the problems will result in as many as 650 planes. And these are A320 Neo family planes parked for, I believe, up to nine months to complete these repairs in 2024. 
And that's a huge number, 650 planes parked for nine months to, to be repaired. And we're, this is, <laughs> would you say that was like the equivalent of a Ryanair? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find a good equivalency. Ryanair is about 560 aircraft. So, you know, it's about a hundred more flip side is Delta is about 750 main lines. So it's about a hundred less. It's, it's a large airline. That's, you know, undoubtedly if you park Ryanair, it's that is a lot of capacity. It's going to be be parked next year for six to nine months. Yeah, that is causing more. And I mean, just with each it seems like with each passing month or quarter, this problem seems to be getting worse for airlines. And uh, I mean, Spirit is probably of all the airlines that have that have been affected by this. They're right up there with being most affected. Uh, and I'm not ascribing, you know, this issue alone to the issues we talked about earlier with Spirit, but certainly that's uh, that's been a big, big, big headache for the folks down there. Uh, obviously, Indigo is another one that comes to mind, the big Indian carrier that's uh, you know ordered more of these these A320neos and their these PNW engines, GTF engines, uh, than anyone else. Uh, just yeah, and you can just go down the list. I mean, so many airlines affected by by this. Um, yes. And from what I understand too, um, and I guess this is kind of obvious but uh the whole industry is now going to face a big shortage in maintenance capacity because a lot of the work that has to be be done here uh you know it's going to take up a lot of capacity there and there's already been there's already a shortage of maintenance capacity you can imagine you know labor shortages and uh, you know all this catch-up work from Right. All that's going and, on. and maintenance capacity is already in short supply before this started. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I think, I mean, personally, I have a feeling that's why RTX is guiding such a long, you know, maintenance period to repair these engines because your maintenance capacity is already, already jammed, but it's, yeah, yeah so, we're going to have so a lot hear, of things. Right. And you hear about, you know, when you, when you, when you look at sort of economic reports very broadly, you hear about how supply chain bottlenecks are easing and things are getting much looser, even in the labor markets. But that's that's not really the case in the aviation sector. I mean, it has to some extent. I mean, Boeing will tell you that yeah, it's our, you know we're delivering at a better delivering airplanes at a better pace now than we were. So right. I'm not saying that there hasn't been any improvement. But you look at this, you know, GTF issue getting worse, and what's happening with the maintenance capacity, and we still have, you know, captain shortage in, in terms of pilots. So it's it really is, you know. We, we still very much have a uh, supply side uh, issue here in the aviation industry. And, you know, maybe United's, United's thesis, which we mentioned earlier, is, is correct, that it's just becoming, you know, if you have a business model that's based on growth, you better you better think twice about that because you're, uh, you're not going to be able to grow very much in, you know, over the next uh, however long this situation lasts. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I spoke with... Um... Karsten Spohr, Lufthansa Group CEO at the U.S. Chamber Conference here in D.C. this week. And, you know, he said it's it's going to be a big hit for the global industry. Uh, he himself only is going to have a estimated about 20 A320neos on the ground at any any one time. And, and that's across a fleet of about 700 planes. Um you know, Lufthansa is in a lucky position. He said they can extend the lives of A320COs another year or two to cover this. So they're not really looking at any major capacity cuts. But like you said, an airline like Spirit that has a lot of geared turbofan engines is going to be hit. A Hawaiian 
you know, I think Hawaiian yeah, is, as a percentage of their fleet has had the biggest hit because all of their A321neos have these geared turbofan engines and they only have, I think, 15 A321neos, something I, someone will write and tell me the actual number. But it's, you know, airlines like that are being hit hard. They're definitely Hawaiian. And by the way, just a, uh, you know, fast fact here for, for our listeners. Uh, during the first half of 2023, so quarters one and two and combined, uh, of all the U.S. airlines, Hawaiian was the only one that uh, I believe lost money. I believe they lost money for the uh, certainly the only one that lost money in the second quarter. Um, but the point I was going to make is that uh, besides Hawaiian, the airline with the worst performance in terms of profit margin has been Spirit. So this is, you know, spirit comes from a position of weakness. And remember, this was an airline that routinely uh, was very, very profitable, often, you know, the in the top two or three among U.S. airlines for, for profit margins. This is, you know, pre-pandemic. But uh, they had a very, very difficult uh, first half of 2023. And the second half of 2023 is uh, looking absolutely disastrous. Uh, I'm not sure why I reverted to talking about Spirit, but <laughs> I guess they're related with the GTF engines. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the guidance. I, I read their I'm still, guidance. I'm still update. stunned, Ned. I'm still in uh, in 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 a state of uh, shock here with this uh, Spirit guidance. Oh, I mean, we all are. It's just <laughs> it's, it's it's terrible. But yeah, the the gear turbofan issues are going to be definitely a damper on capacity, and you know. Given the demand outlook that Spirit and Frontier, as we, we talked about uh, in the first segment, have, you know, that capacity constraint might be good. It will force them to have some discipline next year, even if they, they didn't want to otherwise. Uh, but, you know, that, of course, will mean higher Air Force fares for travelers and, and people won't like that. But it's, uh, you know, if these losses, it's, you know, capacity discipline is necessary. It's really the only lever easy lever the airlines have to to boost fares and, and boost yields. Right. And one possibility too is that Americans are still traveling internationally. There's still uh that was, you know, primarily a summer type development. But I think we're still in that period where a lot of Americans are over in Europe or whatever vacationing. And a lot of the low cost carriers, you know, during second quarter earnings season, you know, the spirits and frontiers of the world said, hey, look, one of the reasons why we're doing so poorly is because Americans are traveling to Europe. We don't fly to Europe, but that could potentially reverse. Maybe 2024 is the year when Americans, you know, start traveling more domestically again, and they've got their their European trips out of their system. And uh, okay, this year we're going to go down to Florida. I don't know. I mean, Jay, I just I I have heard that same argument repeatedly, and I just you know I just want to say skeptic. I am skeptical. I don't think the majority of Spirit and Frontiers travelers are those who, you know, would do Florida or Europe for a vacation. Not all, there certainly is some, but I think the majority of their travelers are not necessarily the people that would be springing for a European vacation during the summer, especially considering how expensive Europe is this summer. Airfares are high, hotels are high because everyone's going. I don't know. I'm just really skeptical of that premise. I think it's a convenient scapegoat considering the international demand but that's my person that's my personal opinion yes yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a fair a fair point that you make um the other 
big question mark is, uh, you know, you can say, well, Europe was good this year. Maybe domestic will be good. Maybe it'll be domestic's turn to be good next year. Uh, or I'd argue it's... domestic was good last year and next year is going to be Asia's turn to be good. But, you know. Yeah, well, that could be. And, and Asia is doing very well right now. But uh, but yeah, you're right. China could open, you know, more more China capacity could open up. That. But let's leave Asia aside for a moment. And uh, just remember that uh, maybe nothing could be, you know, there's a possibility that nothing is good. Uh, you know, so far, so good with the economy. Consumer spending has been really resilient, uh, particularly on the on the leisure travel side. Uh, yep. How long does that last? You know, maybe consumers kind of pull back on uh, on some of that spending and airlines will suffer everywhere, no matter what, what the market is. Uh, and, you know, there's all sorts of, without going into too much detail, there's all sorts of, sorts of, uh, you know, ideas now or uh, theories now that uh, the airlines, because it's the U.S. airline industry, because it's become so consolidated, the big guys in the world, you know, the Uniteds and the Deltas, they'll be able to deal with it by just, you know, cutting capacity or, uh, you know, kind of reorganizing routes or whatever that's, um, they, they don't necessarily, they don't depend as much as uh, on, you know, demand, demand growing and, uh, and and they'll argue too that that yields should remain high regardless because of all these supply side constraints that we've been talking about. Right. This is right. This is right. I mean, we shall see. Next year is a new year, and regardless of, of whatever we say now, we all know that the booking curve is ninety days mostly, and you know it's really hard to say what what happens next year. It'll be anyone's guess. Anyone's guess. All right, Jay. Well, that is another episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge. Listeners, you can reach myself at er at skift.com. You can reach Jay at js at skift.com. Jay, always a pleasure. Okay, Ned, likewise, and uh, see everyone next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. Check out AirlineWeekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week.